welcome to Alive and Kicking, the 90s football podcast. The podcast that's more 90s than when Green Jelly sang about three little pigs. Google it. My name's Ash Rose, your host and guide on this, the original 1990s football podcast, Alive and Kicking, and it's the first one of 2020. Yep, we've reached a milestone that it now means that 1990 is 30 years ago. Yeah. Feeling old? Yeah, a little bit. But we're still here, we're still going to be celebrating the decade that changed football forever. It's very good to be back. Sorry, there's been a slight delay on episodes. Um, there's a lot going on at home for me. I am expecting my second child, so there's a lot of to and fro with that. And also the technical problems where I'm transferring from one Mac to another, blah, blah, blah. Um, the plan is from spring... We will be going back to a more regular uh, schedule uh, once this, these busy couple of months are out of the way and we're all back to, to more streamlined schedules. We, from the spring, say March time, I would imagine, the aim is to get back to week-to-week episodes of 90s Football Goodness. So that's very, very exciting. So look out for that. In the meantime, uh, we've got today's show and we'll try and put out a couple more if we can. But I want to be you to know, uh, thank you very much for keeping with us, sticking with us. The best overall 1990s football podcast. And yeah, we'll be back. Back stronger, I think the term is at the moment, uh, in springtime with a more full-length series, week-to-week, hopefully. That's what the plan is at the moment. Um, but today's a great show. Today I'm really looking forward to talking with two of my favourite people. Um, we've got Matthew, as usual, on the line, uh, as well as Greg Lansdowne, um, which if that is he's on, you know we're either talking about Arsenal or stickers. And for those non-Arsenal fans, <laughs> you can go, woo, because we're talking stickers today, because we kind of want to celebrate uh, the fact that Panini are back in the big time with uh, Premier League football or, or top flight football for the first time since the 1990s. So we're going to have a look back at Panini and what they did in that decade, have a little chat about the new album, what we think of that, and just a little look back at our favourite bits and bobs from Panini. Uh, this isn't really a history of the stickers because we've we'd kind of covered that in a previous episode, so go back in the archive and, and look for that. I think it's called Stuck On You, which is because that's the name of um, Greg's book as well on the same subject. So yeah, all that to come on today's show. So yeah, do indefinitely um, enjoy that. Um, and hope you had a good, I suppose I should say Happy New Year, but I don't really know if, what's, what is the what is the cut-off date to say Happy New Year? If I don't see someone until like June, can I say it then? I think I say this every year. But Happy New Year to you. I hope you got uh, a nice Christmas, nice break. Did you get any 90s presents for Christmas? I don't think I did. But I did watch, I don't know if any of you have seen these. BBC Two have run some old documentaries uh, where they do year by year, so I love 1990 blah, and so I've watched a few of them, and they're good, they're interesting, they do focus on some very random bits and bobs of the 90s, but I didn't realise they were actually filmed in 2001, so some of the uh, the talking heads on there are so out of date and the people look so young that it's more fun watching those bits and going, oh, do you remember, do you remember him, do you remember her? Uh, Lisa Rogers, anyone? Um, than actually the actual content that they're showing. So, but no, if you caught them, I don't really know why BBC Two are showing them. They did a cool nineties Christmas top of the pops over the festive period as well, which I really enjoyed. But yeah, I love nineteen ninety whatever it is. Look out for them if you want uh, a kickback to uh, the decade that we love from a kind of cultural point of view. Uh, talking of which, here's some culture about stickers. Let's get on with today's show. Let's get stuck in. Literally, to talking about Panini with Greg, with Matt, and myself here on Alive and Kicking. 
Sit back and enjoy a nostalgic ride through the decade that truly changed the face of football. If the 90s are now retro, then it's time for a celebration. Welcome to Alive and Kicking, the 90s football podcast. Oh, it's good to be back. It is back in the den, back in the 90s den we are. And I'm back with two of my favourite people um, on today's show. Uh, first of all, he's, he's a regular. He's, well, he's part of the crew. Um, Happy New Year. Can we still say that? I don't know how late it is. But Matthew, Chris, author, writer, extraordinaire, best friend to Brian McClare. How you doing? I'm very well, thank you. I've just this minute got off the phone with Chucky, so uh, yeah, he's, he, I'll, I'll say Happy New Year on behalf of him as well. How, what is so, going on in Chucky's world? Uh, he was fixing his toilet when I phoned him. Uh, he had his head down the t- cistern and he was uh, trying to do that thing, you know, when the toilet won't flush and you have to sort of hook it out so it, the water flows through. You know, he, he hasn't got someone to do that for him, you know, like a modern day footballer probably would have. So very much a 90s football uh, anecdote, yeah. I think. Ex-90s footballer anecdote. Still but, living uh, yeah, the, good. the glamorous good. life then. Yes, yeah. And it's great to be back. I feel like I haven't done one of these for a long time. Yes. Come back from a Brian Robson esque absent, but uh, we all have. All the, We've dusted yeah. off our um, our podcast mics. I've literally dusted off my old Mac, which is one of the reasons why we haven't been back so soon. Is because I'm having new technology problems in a new world where things don't be compatible with other things. So, well, there's a '90s reference there, Return of the Mac. Well, I bloody love that song. Yeah, I played that. Yeah. I once. This is very embarrassing, but going to tell it once in my kitchen when that came on the radio when I was at home, stuck on my mum's fur coat. And started, oh, dark, yeah. started jigging in the in the kitchen to that song, thinking I was uh, Mark Morrison. There you go. And did, and did you get caught? No, I didn't get caught, no, thankfully. Yeah. Okay. I can still remember it, though. There's an image no one wants to see. Um, anyway, talking to people who do want to see us, it's our other friend of the show. He's a semi-regular, and he's the man, if he's on, you know we're going to talk about one or two things, Arsenal or stickers. It's the latter today, but welcome the oracle of stickers, author of Stuck On You, Greg Lansdowne. How are you doing, sir? Yeah, and I'll, I'll give you a happy new year as well. Yeah. Uh, when is it too late? Know, I've spoken to you, so it, it, so it, it classes as a happy new year. Okay. Is that the, is that the rule? past midnight is when it's too <laughs> yeah. late. That's fine. <laughs> yeah, I know. I spoke to someone the other day and I was like, is this too late? And I think I had the same conversation. We've probably had this conversation on this podcast, probably. But every year I have the same conversation. But yeah. Um, how are you doing, Greg? How have you been? I mean, I think the last time we really spoke was in the summer when we were all doing jumpers for goalposts. How's, how's life in the Lansdowne land? Yeah, well, it's obviously it's been... Uh, Filled with Panini really yes. since then because it's they've had their big comeback. So um, the the cards, their adrenaline cards came out in September. So so since then it's uh, it's all been a lot of collectible stuff and uh, and there was even we've we've spoken in the past about how Panini and Tops or whoever Panini were battling at the time were having. Uh, a struggle, a power struggle, um, and we've actually had it again this uh, season. I don't, I don't know if you've gone to the news agents or the supermarkets specifically looking for stickers and cards, but um, if, if you have done, then you might have been confused as to who is actually doing the Premier League uh, cards this this year, because the the tops um, match attack Champions League was pretty much exclusively. English teams, and they even incorporated uh, the three Europa League teams this year. So, so there's so if if you look at the players on it, they've um, they've pretty much put 
the likes of Real Madrid and Barcelona right at the bottom. And, and as I say, I, I know there are quite a lot of people, uh, mums buying for, for children who were, who were confused and, and were buying uh, the, the match attacks Champions League Europa League cards thinking that they were getting the Premier League. So that's, uh, that's upset Panini. So, uh, so, that, so there's, there's another argument between those two. I, I think it will always it will go on and on uh, for as long as they, they both survive. They've been very clever. Obviously, I working in my day job as Kick, we do a lot of work with with the well, especially with Tops. We've done we've done yeah. work with Tops for years because they've obviously had the license, as you said, and they have been quite clever in in not getting rid of the Match Attacks brand, keeping it the same, and therefore using their Champions League license, which they still have, and focusing on the big English teams and Wolves. Sorry, Wolves fans, <laughs> um, which I thought was quite amusing. And yeah, I think there's been a bit of a muddle, hasn't hasn't there, in terms of of, of the of the new uh, collection. And before we talk about the actual Panini one. Matthew, I think this is a question I've never actually asked you. We know about your diaries, we know about your gambling circles <laughs> growing up, but <laughs> wait, have you ever been a Panini collector or, or what are your memories of Panini? Yeah, very much. And uh, I love it. I mean, I must admit, I'm not one of those people that sort of got right back into it in a retro style like a lot of people have. I mean, I, I delved back into it during a World Cup, uh, 14 World Cup maybe, if me and a few friends got involved with it. But I mean, to me... It's very much about my my childhood and, and the first Panini book I had, and I'm going to get my first yellow card. Oh, it comes an 80s reference, in. yeah. Yeah, Football 85, which I know Greg will know the front cover. I think it was Paul Canaville of Chelsea. And, a, uh, and, no, a, and no, Ars- that was 86. Oh, was it? Well, it would have been that one then, Football 86. Was it Paul Canaville and an Arsenal player? Right. I seem to Ryan remember. Talbot. There you go. Um, yeah, so that was the first one I had. Um, great memories of, uh, of my first... First real, my own Panini album. I, I remember my brother had a couple. I remember them kicking around at school. But that Football 86 was my first uh, prize possession, which I pretty much completed thanks to nicking a load of stickers off people that didn't want their album anymore or uh, had given up halfway through. And, uh, yeah, it still got it, and it still brings back great memories. I flicked through it uh, maybe once a year just to bring back memories. And um, then, of course, after that was Mexico 86, which was a very popular um album which greg actually had a copy of i seem to remember when we did the girl at so uh show a couple of summers ago so it was good to see that one again and um yeah i collected it regularly right up until well early 90s i suppose which is just as well for this the purpose of this this chat i think my last one was about football 91 i think which may it may have been one of the last last panini ones which 93 sure. was the last one yeah, yeah. Okay, 91 so. was actually the last um i would say proper one because the the the, the do i was checking it uh, yesterday and, and football 91 had 529 stickers football 92 had 276 yeah so, well uh, it could, and there was was that the one where they split it into two there was, a, there was some kind of a, did they not was it the early 90s they did one version where there were sort of two albums or something i seem to remember i think i think, yeah, think yeah 92 they they had a scottish and an english yeah and, that's uh, the the, the 91 they actually had two different packets so uh, yeah. they they were confusing Punters by then. Yeah, I think the combination of getting to about 15, 16 years of age and them confusing punters sort of, I, I, my my enthusiasm waned somewhat in the in the early 90s. But um, but but some great memories, and I've got I've still got them all. Like a lot of people, they're still there, um, not completed, unfortunately, or worth anything. But a lot of sentimental value for me. Um, so yeah, that's my my childhood and uh, early teens collecting. Uh, 
collecting stickers there. Mm. Well, I'll talk about my first in a minute, but let's Greg, just quickly talk about the, the new collection. So that came out December the 12th, if I remember rightly, off the top of my head. Um, yeah, fo- yeah, well, it, it might come out that date for you, but uh, it took me at least uh, another two or three days to actually locate. Oh, really? In, uh, oh, I didn't realise that. Use Asia. I, I think I assume because it was coming up to Christmas that uh, that they decided that January is going to be the big push because yeah. all their big promotional stands have only really appeared since since Christmas. So it's a lot harder to get them to start with, and that and wasn't just me who, who struggled with that. Um, but uh, but no, since since January, I, th- I think that they started like with the 2014 World Cup, which they did for the first time when they gave away free albums in news agents and. Um, supermarkets they've since january they said they started to give it away in supermarkets i think tesco's and maybe one or two more and that's really where it kickstarts people where they haven't got to actually if they can just pick up the album and then they get bitten by the bug from there so i think that's what lured me in during that world cup i fell for that trick during the world cup that was a lot of people and and as as a result it was their most successful uh, panini sticker album ever yeah, I, I I got it three with so I get Strike It magazine in the office here because it's one of our competitors and they, it's a magazine obviously made uh, published by Panini. So yeah, I that's how I got it. But you're right, I haven't seen it in as many places until I went in the high street after Christmas and the Smiths and in my local high street have kind of gone crazy on yeah. on it as well. I like that they've called it Football 2020 to kind of hark back to the the football albums of the early 90s, which we'll touch on in, in just a bit. Are you happy though with the overall product? Obviously, it's it's shinier, it's brighter, the graphics are completely new. But for its in its essence, it is a classic Panini album, isn't it? No, it, it not possible to have been any worse than the previous sticker album that that Merlin did. Uh, I think they only had uh, ten, possibly even ten players uh, in each team yeah. in, in their last stick premier league sticker album so they, they'd really given up but um but this this yes is definitely harking back uh, to to the old days uh but obviously with the things that they couldn't have done in in the in the old days as well uh, i think from my perspective the only gripe is that i i would rather if you look at the italian uh calciatore panini album they don't have uh four or five players from the big clubs on their cover. So it's more inclusive, whereas this just looks like another um, match attacks or Panini Adrenaline, where it's the same old clubs, the same old players on, on the cover. Um, but but obviously they do have to appeal to youngsters yeah. as, as well as um, as well as old farts like me. So I assume uh, that's more for the, um, for, for, for the youngsters to try and grab them. It's interesting because we do live in a different time. Like we all grew up, and the era we're talking about is it was all about the stickers. It was all about the stickers in terms of Panini, and then obviously into Merlin as it did in in the latter part of the decade. But it is it's completely different now. It is all about the cards. So it's a difficult time for Panini to take over, and then kind of it's kind of almost changed the perception of kids because they've been about match attacks cards for so long. And I know they brought out their adrenaline cards earlier in the season, which to me kind of a mistake. They could have called it something else. I think they. Of all that brand hasn't really established itself well enough, but I don't know how I haven't seen the sales figures, but I would have called that something else. But it's 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 different, isn't it? It's hot. It's they're trying to appeal to different sort of our audience who are going to buy the nostalgia value, but the kids as well, wouldn't you say? Yeah, I mean, as you say, the uh, the the cards are the ones that uh, particularly appeal to the to the kids in in this day and age. So, in, in order to, um, to to boost sales for the uh, for the stickers, yes. 
it, it does have to uh, have some some value to to the nos- nostalgia market because there aren't that many kids who are into stickers. So like like the World Cup and Euro albums, it's a case of the uh, the, the dads and the mums buying the album and then uh, trying to get the get the kids into it. Um, maybe over time but uh no as you, as you say it's it's definitely cards that are the ones that uh that kids are interested in at, at the moment but but i also think they've got um enough nostalgia people and, and and enough people in their 20s 30s 40s and even 50s who are interested in in the album that is going to keep it going for a while if you if you look on twitter there are so many people who say oh i'm in my 20s and i'm still collecting i'm in my 30s but <laughs> Actually, I think they're actually not the—they're not abnormal. It's—I uh, think the average age of uh, football sticker collectors is uh, is late thirties. Well, I fall nicely into that. Uh, Matthew, have you seen much of, of the new album in and around your town? I, I haven't because I haven't really. I mean, I haven't gone out of my way to look for it. But I mean, I'm going to sound like a cheapskate here. But I mean, if it, if, they, if there are some going being given away or what have you, I'd probably pick one up just purely for a sentimental reason. Yeah. Because I've, even though I'm not really a, an avid collector now, it's always nice to have to have one just to look back. I mean, I, some of the World Cup ones, I've just simply got the album with a couple of packets of, of stickers just to uh, just to be able to compare it to the ones that that we know, we remember from years ago. But um, yeah, I, I mean, I, I I could see myself getting back into it. I really could, and I did fall for the the old trick in that World Cup of 2014. And uh, it is interesting to think that you know the, the, the whole business model, really, or, or a large part of the business model, is based around um, people like us that are still fascinated by it. I suppose a lot of it comes down to cost as well. You could, you know, we're probably more able to buy buy these stickers now uh, more than kids can. I mean, what, what's the price of a packet now, Greg? For the uh, seventy people, this Ooh. it was um, eighty for the World Cup. So, so this is. This is actually down. It, so it's not had the uh, the, the shock value as I mean, th- the last World Cup did, because did, at ATP people uh, people were quite up in arms about that. Do, do you think? I mean, when the World Cup comes around, you seem to get a lot of adults or older fans getting into the collect- collecting and the swapping and everything. I mean, do you think that's more popular during a World Cup because it's just a, a four-week period of the year rather than a, a sort of a league season where the interest might not be there? it's not so concentrated over a short period of time or is that not the case I th- to be honest i think i think it's when it's a when it's a, a, a national album i think people can can come together as a community more i think a lot of people the reason i, I am doing the premier league album but um because i'm i'm against everything that the premier league stands for i was um and ahhing about it whereas and whereas i I wasn't about a, a, a Euro or a World Cup because I just find that more inclusive. Whereas, so everyone can collect it. But, but because, as I say, with the with the four or five same teams, just a bit of a closed shop, which obviously the Premier League pretty much is anyway. So I think I think that's why the World Cup albums are more popular now. Whereas in the old days, in the eighties, I, I don't think you just had one shot on the cover. It didn't mm. really matter who it was, and. Uh, Everyone collected every sticker as, as as it was won, so I, I think I think it's the cl- nature of collecting has changed because the nature of football has changed. Mm. The, the appreciate is that the backgrounds on the stickers now, because they're all like kind of bright and colourful and photoshopped, you don't get those kind of released well, have the, the stadium or the training ground. But I kind of like that; it kind of made it feel more like a 
like we went to the ground we took a picture of the guy in in this is where they're from rather than a like a you know a some sort of photoshopped badge or something like that are, uh, is that just me or uh, do you feel like that as well greg do you feel like that was just well, an out era thing funnily enough somebody tweeted um yesterday about the uh, the background of the qpr players i think it was either football 85 or 86 and they were they looked like they'd been taken in in a forest i know the ones you mean yeah <laughs> yeah and and uh, someone was was asking uh, why though i don't know i can't remember what qpr's training ground looked like but could could it have been the training ground at that point, yeah, I mean, it's, it's now Harlington. It would have been, I can't remember the name of the top of my head, the previous one that would have been at that era, but I'm, I'm sure it, that was where they're normally taken. But it, it kind of gave each page. Well, it's, a, it's the quirkiness of it, isn't it? I mean, it's like, it's like when you watch football now, you know, on Super Sunday or whatever, whatever day it is now, and there's Premier League football, and all the, all the, the pictures of the players that come up, all the, the little animated clips of the player, you know, it's all so branded, yeah. it's all so yeah. cleverly, marketed and, 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 and polished and I can understand why I mean we sort of all work in the industry you want it to look as good as possible but there was something quirky and, and unique about seeing pictures of players I mean I could I could look at pictures of players especially action shots from the sort of mid 80s onwards to the 90s I could probably like you guys I could think oh yeah that was a way at, at Watford or that was a way at QPR you just knew didn't you from the stadiums from the, yeah. the advertising hoardings the, the pitch you'd, you'd know and it's the same with those stickers and, and now it's all just so generic that I just that in itself would would uh, sort of probably put me off because I mean I like the quirkiness of it. I remember the Mexico 86 one I mean some of them looked like they would have been taken sort of on the street you know they were so sort of ad hoc you know and uh, and and to think now it's so generic is is, is quite disappointing yeah, I mean, this, you know, it, it, perhaps it, it, we would need to ask kids whether whether they they like this, and and presumably they do. They like but it's the, all they know. Uh, I assume that's all they know. Whereas yeah. uh, we like something because what we, we like what we had, and uh, they like what we had. What they have, I assume, because yeah, uh, yeah. because they are buying uh, the cards, and uh, they and they're, they're certainly buying the Premier League product, so they they're happy with it. And and, and, and although we're moaning uh if if our team is in the premier league we're still paying for sky and bt sport to to watch it so yeah i think it's what still you know the buzz, really yeah i think it's what you know and i certainly wouldn't knock any kids for feeling that way because of course they got they don't know any different they know different from when we we wouldn't know any different in the 80s from something you know, if you compared to something that was happening in the 30s it would have felt like a lifetime ago which it was yeah. so you can't blame them for that i just Personally, it was just that sort of quirky touch that you knew that somebody had sent a photographer along and then it was as simple as all the players lining up, taking the pictures and uh, probably sending the reel of film off on a motorbike or something back to the, the office and it was as simple as that. Whereas now, you know, they've probably all been taken to a, a swanky studio somewhere with a green screen and, uh, and, yeah, of course, can't knock it at all. It's just it's just the quirkiness that I know that if I look through something, tell one from another i mean we i heard you mention before greg about the the different styles of the picture some of them are full length you know some are often double stickers and you know it's, it's all stuff that we can talk about whereas if it's all generic we you wouldn't be able to write any books That's about it, it for mm. it's a bit like computer games isn't it i you know we remember the charm of like the mega drive and the nintendo and the kids would look at them now and think what were you playing those 2d platforms and now we have these kind of you know 3D worlds on Fortnite and GTA and all that. It's, it's a completely different. I suppose it's it's the charm that, that is no longer with what we always celebrate on on this podcast. The charm and, and 
sometimes crapness of 1990s and I think that goes for, for some of the stickers as well. Um, before we go into a bit of a timeline of, of Panini, because we're not going to do the history because we've done that, check in the archive um, where we've done that with Greg before and also check out his book because it's fantastic. We kind of talked about just in general about the new album and how the old albums, but we're just going to take a quick look back at kind of a timeline of Panini and what they bought out in the 90s, some of the collections and stuff. As I said, we've done the history quite a lot on this show, uh, go in the archive and look back on and, and give that a listen. But um, So 1990, Greg, I mean, there was quite a lot of albums Panini for 1990 because at this point they were still very much the heavyweights of not just the football world but very much especially in this country the, the collectible world um, so correct me if I'm wrong but they had obviously the football 90 there was also something called team 90 was that Panini or was that another no that was uh, that was the first album from Merlin I, I wasn't yeah I saw a picture of that one I wasn't sure if that was a Panini or a Tops one so that was a Merlin stroke top so they had football 90 and obviously the the Panini for Italia 90 they were two main albums in 1990 were they yeah, uh, uh, Panini also did a an all time greats album on the back of the uh, of the nineteen ninety World Cup as well. So it, it also slipped in a few Paul Gascoigne's, but I, I assume they already had it uh, pretty much uh, done and dusted b- before the World Cup. But uh, I think uh, yeah, al- although Panini had a lot of albums out, um, it it was starting to be the beginning and the end really with. Uh, once, once Robert Maxwell took over in the, the middle of 1988, um, their popularity waned. Um, four of the four of their staff or related staff went to went to form Merlin, as you mentioned. Team 90 was their first album. It, it was a disaster. Um, consequently, they did a Merlin did a World Cup album, as did Panini in 1990, and they didn't do another football album until the 1993-94. Um, Premier League album, which which was the the first official Premier League album. Um, so so yeah, it, it, football ninety for Panini was uh, was certainly similar to all their classic eighties ones, but uh, I think uh, by then there were there was a, a blurring of uh, light right issues. So other other companies did bring out sticker albums. Uh, the Sun did one uh, in eighty nine ninety as well, and. Uh, Merlin did one and then the following year they were loads of sticker albums and the first card set that had been done for a long time so so yeah when, when people were going to the shops there were a lot more options and uh, that at that time that 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 started to confuse uh, people who are interested in collecting it was weird though because it goes from 1990 where you say there's all those collections then for the next sort of few years the only collections around then are kind of the panini ones really aren't they in terms of stickers there are a few card collections obviously the pro set yeah. ones um plenty did their own card set as well but in terms of stickers from 91 to 93 you really only had the football albums didn't you things really changed um in terms of the the collectibles in the 90s when when pro set came on the scene in in 1991 their first release was a was a popular one i haven't got specific figures but uh, i i certainly think it would have come close to uh the the type of figures that football 91 did for panini as a result, that uh, that encouraged not just Proset to do a, a following collection in 91-92, but Panini and a Merlin-affiliated company, Shooting Stars, also brought out car collections. As a result, one popular car collection becomes three not-so-popular car collections. The following year, none of them did, uh, did any cards. And uh, there was just one back-to-one sticker album, Football 93. 
Um, and I don't think anyone collected that either. The strange, the uh, the '92 and '93 Panini sticker albums are actually quite rare and uh, cost a lot of money uh, these days. Certainly compared to all the all the classic ones in the '80s, because, simply because no one was collecting them. Do you think, on that note, Greg, there's a it's a case of of less is more? I mean, you look through some of the the years where they're. I mean, at 96, 97, 98, I mean, there were, there were five, three, four, five albums in any one year. I mean, you've got the Premier League ones, you've got World Cup ones, you've got Scotland ones, you've got individual player ones, you've got country ones. I mean, do you think one good one is, is a lot better from a collector's point of view than four average ones? No, that, that's exactly that. And that, that's why I think the uh, Panini Football 2020 will, will have some interest in popularity because... They had the the Premier League license, and, and no one else can can bring out a rival. Similarly, in in the eighties and the and the early nineties, there was only one um, football uh, main football album. The, the the problems did start to occur in the late eighties and onto the nineties because others like the uh, the Daily Mirror and the Sun they started to bring out their own football albums, the uh, domestic albums, and I think that that complicated matters. They weren't that popular, but they were popular enough to take away uh, sales from from Panini, and and consequently, the ninety one, ninety two, ninety three albums they they just uh, they just weren't weren't selling well, which which is which is why a new company like Merlin became attractive to the the Premier League. I remember this like this that early nineties period because I was trying to collect them all, which is wasn't great for my mum and dad because. I didn't have my own income at that point because I was rather young. So I remember having, you know, some half of a collection. I had a lot of pro set because I had the big binder and a yeah. lot of the main cards. And then you had the um, the lower league teams, which had the different colour cards. And I think I had some of the Panini 92 cards. Um, I don't re- I, like you said, I don't remember collecting Football 92 and 93 because I think it was hard. It, I just don't remember really seeing that around but I did have a lot of cards at that point and it wasn't really until it was streamlined in 94 with the Premier League album from Merlin that you start that sole collection started being everyone's focus and then during the summer the Panini continued with their tournament albums I remember the USA 94 one really fondly and I think the first collection I really remember was kind of Euro 92 when I used to my nan used to get me stickers on a Sunday when I'd go around there and and um, and, and collect those ones as well so it, it definitely helped with it being streamlined but it didn't stop Panini, though, did it, Greg? I mean, they were still going, despite losing the license to the Premier League. They had the Football League albums, which I don't know. Do you, did how well did they do? Because I think they only did them for a couple of years, didn't they? Uh, they did them in, uh, I think it was '95 and '97 in terms of the the '90s, and then they they did them, I think, every year possibly between. Hello, are you still there? Yeah, we're still here. Yeah, go. On. Oh, sorry. No, there was a noise. Right, I'll go. I'll start. I'll start that question again. Um, yes, they they did football league albums in '95 and '97, I think it was, and then a, uh, a few years in the in the noughties. But uh, I think the fact that those releases were sporadic would suggest that they didn't do that well. Um, and then then there's also those super player albums that they did from from '96 to '98. So basically, they were the uh, their equivalent of the uh, of the Merlin Premier League albums, but they all the players were just uh, dressed in blank white tracksuits tops, Terrible. so uh, so no kits, and and that's that's 
a large part of the album, is it? Look, at, especially when you look back at them, looking at all the the kits and the sponsors, and whereas these are just people's heads often <laughs> super superimposed onto yeah. tracksuits, and that they weren't put into teams, they were put into alphabetical order or positions, and you won't be surprised to know that they didn't sell very well. That, it was something to do with the PFA, wasn't it? They had PFA logos yeah. on them. Very odd collect. I've got that collection, but I think. I must have bought it at the time and looked at it, like you said, and gone, no, this this isn't what it should be. Not whatsoever. Well, not when you've got a, a perfectly good alternative. Yeah, yeah, it, it, exactly. I, I've got the first Division album, I think, from, no, the Football League one from 97, because it has the, the Q, obviously QPR are now in those leagues. So I've got a lot of yeah. those albums and I was purely looking just to get QPR stickers. I wasn't really filling, yeah. filling the album. But they were, again, I suppose, it's, it's a difficult one when you haven't got the licence, what you do. I mean, nowadays... For a long time, what Panini have done until they've got this license, have done the Champions League and, and things like that. So they were very much focused on the Premier League. But like Matthew said, I mean, by the end of the 90s, there were so many. Because even internationally, when you come to tournament time, although Panini, like nowadays, have the main album, they were, Merling then decided to, to start bringing out their own. They had the England album out, didn't they, in France? And that continued. Yeah. They each had their own. So this battle really started to heat up again in that late 90s going into to the new decade, didn't it? Well, that was uh, the the album, the England album they did for France '98. They they just acquired the license for England, so as a result, the England players in the France '98 Panini album, they had um, again just a plain white tracksuit with no uh, with no England branding on, and uh, that really stood out because they had the uh, the license for all the other qualifiers. Um, so, but but uh, and I, I think Merlin did uh, their own all all teams France '98 album. They certainly did from Euro 2000. So they they had the license for the England team, but didn't have the license for any of the other qualifiers. So uh, so theirs even looked more ridiculous. It's a murky world, isn't it? Sticker collecting. It's a murky world when these licenses come up. Um, you mentioned the international ones quite a lot on here, Matthew. Did you not not take that bug in the '90s? I mean, there were some great ones in the '90s. Yeah, I did. I, I went. I did France '98, um, which funny. It, it felt like it was quite retro then. I mean, I was what 22 then, and uh, me and a couple of friends did it, and we got we got quite quite well into it. But um, it's funny because back then I thought of it as be, I thought of myself as being a real old old fogey collecting uh, football stickers again, reliving my youth. And when I look back, being 22, that's probably not far off the age of uh, people that collect them now. But um, yeah, France '98 definitely. Didn't do 96, um, Italy 90, yes. And then, yeah, I think France 98 was my definitely my swan song until uh, until I got bitten by the free handout yeah. uh, bug by uh, in the World Cup of 2014. Plus, I was working at a, a marketing agency and we kind of all thought we were quite cool um, getting back into football stickers, more, some more than others. My interest waned when I started to realise that for the price of a couple of packets of stickers, I could actually get a pint around the uh, boozers of Liverpool so I thought well I'll get my priorities straight and uh, and sack off the, uh, the stickers in, in favour of a few jars but um I remember yeah, when, I, when I when I got pocket money around when the first Merling album came out. So we're talking about 93, 94. I think I had five pounds from my mum and dad. I used to go and buy on a Saturday 10 packs of Merlin stickers which were 25p at that point. So, you know, spending your £2.50, then get a can of Coke and whatever else. And that was my Saturday spent opening these 10 packs and then all dinner items. Now the fact that they're 70p, that's seven quid. I wouldn't be able to and afford get, them. And you get five in a pack. I know. Yeah. yeah, is it five still, Greg? Yes, yeah. It used to be six. Shocking. 
So what this tabloid question obviously we have to ask is is what what would a full album cost you now to complete? Yeah, cool. You know I mean? Didn't they do that for the? I think I saw some article like that for the World Cup one. Some some kind of clever one than me that decided to add all that up. But yeah, it's a lot they, of money. They did do it, but they this this scientist came up with this ridiculous figure. But uh, it was only when you delve right to the bottom of the album that that is then pointed out. Well, this is only if you don't do any swapping. Which is the whole point of collecting a sticker album? Yeah, completely. So true. I, I think he said a, approaching six hundred pounds. Yeah. Um, and I, I did it for about a hundred ninety to a hundred, which, for several months, thumb. Yeah, I, that's not that's not bad. I, that's I not bad. Yeah. But I actually went on um, ITV National News, um, to uh, to to give that side, and uh, they they only use one. And my quotes, and they cut it half off halfway anyway because they just want they just basically wanted to side with the scientists, so they got loads of mums complaining about how it how expensive it was. I'll have that science, so you're wrong anyway. Um, before yeah, we go, you've had your chance to uh, you know, put your side across there now. Yeah, oh, I've, yeah. Done I've done that many times. Don't <laughs> uh, before we wrap up, uh, Greg, as as the Oracle stickers, if you could pick a favourite. Panini collection from the 90s. Is there a favourite of yours of all those we've, we've mentioned? Well, is it sacrilegious um, if you're asking me what my favourite football sticker album was from the 90s, not to come up with a Panini one? Oh, no, not at all. Go on, what is it? Uh, it's actually the Orbis oh, of course. Italian 90 yes. album, which is, uh, which is more of a part work. So, uh, so it ran for oh, about 20 weeks and it was uh, it, it, when, when you when you finished it, it was a it was a great historical reference and and guide to the uh, the competing nations. And there was also a, a six hundred space sticker album in in there as well. Um, and it, it was fantastic. I, I, st- I never finished the sticker album, but I've still got the part work on top. And it, it's a great reference guide. It was very very well written. Um, the oddity is that they uh, that they actually put twenty five teams in because they thought that. Denmark were going to qualify, and actually it was Romania. So, so they they had to put twenty five rather than twenty four teams in the uh, the sticker album. But th- th- that was the only blip. Um, I think in in terms of Panini, because they were uh, it, it, inter, in, in the UK, it's not their greatest uh, decade. Um, so I would have to say that the the Merlin albums, uh, their their Premier League, they were the uh, they were the uh, sticker albums of the 90s and I, 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 would, I think Panini would uh, agree with that as well the, the Orbis one did the stickers because they did the World Cup one but then they did like a football one didn't they as yes well? they, they did a football league uh, one in 1991 yeah, as well that's the one I, I really think remember that was in, in, in positions as well yeah that was definitely in positions I've still, I've still yeah. got I, I must have missed the World Cup one by like a sort of matter of moments in my childhood but I've got the the football one which had like parts where it's got the best goals of all time yeah. it's got player profiles and then all the teams a to z yeah. and then a sticker collection at the end they're amazing i know kids today would think they would look archaic but as a reference guide they are amazing they oh, really definitely. are um great little look back there at panini if uh, you're out there collecting and tell us how you're doing and hit us up on your favorite panini album out on twitter at ak90s uh, talking to which matthew where can people talk to you and your mate shocky on twitter uh, well, we don't come as a pair, as much as people think we do, but you can find me on Twitter at Matthew J. Christ and the same handle on Instagram, which I know annoys Joe Young immensely. <laughs> oh, Joe, we missed him today, but he'll be back soon. Uh, Greg, where can people find you on the on the social? Yeah, I'm, uh, I'm off 
often tweeting at, at panini underscore book. Um, hopefully this year I've got a few nice uh, sticker and football magazine projects uh, coming up. I'm, I've got a series of articles in Bat Pass starting in the latest issue about the history of Shoot and uh, many other football magazines. So hopefully we can we can discuss that again at some point. Oh, indeed. Oh, that that's a tickle me fancy for sure. Um, follow myself at Ash Rose UK, but more importantly, follow the show at AK Nineties on Twitter at AK Nineties Pod on Instagram. Thank you very much, gentlemen. Uh, we'll be back as soon as we can with more Nineties goodness. There's lots to talk about. As of today, actually, it's the 26th anniversary today of the first airing of Fantasy Football League, which makes some people feel bloody old. But at some point, we've never done a show talking about that. So that is definitely something that we're going to do. We've had David Badil on, thank you to Joel Young. We had him on during our Euro 90, uh, well, we talked about uh, Three Lions back in the summer. But yeah, we'll do Fantasy Football League at some point. Um, But till then, keep a breath for the Twitter feed and uh, keep it 90s, of course.